Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. For today's shear on Parshas Nitzavah V'yelech, I would like to discuss a small group of psukim near the beginning of Parshas V'yelech. These psukim begin with Perik Lamed Aleph, Mishnah Yud, and continue till Perik Lamed Aleph, Pasuk, Pasuk Yud Gimel. I refer to them as a section of Psukim because if you will look in the Sefer Torah or in a Tikkun, Tikkun Koirim, you will see that there is what's called a Parsha Stuma. There is a short open space before the first Pasuk and a short open space before the last Pasuk. It should be noted that if one is looking for paragraph divisions between groups of Psukim, uh, one should not follow the markings of uh, Perik, Aleph, Pasuk, Base, and so on. Those were put in by a, uh, a Catholic priest uh, some uh, 800 years ago, approximately. I believe that's the date. I haven't looked it up lately. One should not even be particularly concerned with the alias of Rishon, Shani, Shlishi. Although we, we do break up the, the reading of the Parsha with those markings, but they are not of prophetic origin. They certainly were, are not there in the Sefer Torah itself. They are not even, their source does not even go back to the Gemara, does not go back to Chazal. They are essentially there for convenience to break up the Parshias into relatively equal sections. If one wants to know how to break up the Torah into paragraphs, one has to follow the Parsha Stuma and the Parsha Pesucha. Those, according to Chazal, those are part of how the Torah was given to Meshur Rabbeinu, and they indicate the real divisions of the Torah into sections. So what we're going to read now is one such section. Pasuk Yud. Pardon me. Pasuk Zion. Vayikro Moshe Yoshua. Moshe called to Yoshua, Vayemer Elov, and he said to him, in front of all of Kla Yisrael. He said as follows, Chazak the Amots, be strong and courageous, because you are going to come with this nation to the land, the land that Hashem swore to their forefathers, to give to them. And you will give it to them as an inheritance. Pasikhes, Vashem, Huhailechlifanecha, and Hashem, he is the one who goes before you, he is the one who will assist you. Hu he will be with you. Lo Yarpecha, Olo Yazveka, he will not loosen his grip upon you, and he will not abandon you. Lo Siro, and therefore do not fear and do not tremble. I'll translate it. I don't claim that that's an exact translation. Pasik Tes. 
Vayichtoiv Moshe Esatero Hazos. Moshe wrote this Torah. We'll see Rashi in a moment. Vayitno el koyanim b'nei Levi, and he gave it to the Kohanim, the b'nei Levi, the Kohanim who are the children of Levi. Hanosim esarain bris Hashem, who carry the Oren, which contains the bris Hashem, which contains the luchos, which represent represents the covenant between Hashem and Am Yisrael. The El Kolzikne Yisrael, and he gave it to all the elders of Yisrael. Rashi says, "Vayichtev Moshe vayitzna kishigamra kishenigmara kula." When the entire Torah was finished, Moshe Rabbeinu now finished writing the whole Sefer Torah as we have it. Nisanah livnei shivto. He gave it to the members of his shevet. I would say that Rashi is explaining with these words, Levnei Shivto, he's explaining that Ela Koyanim Bnei Levi is not just the Kohanim, um, the descendants of Aaron, but rather the whole Shevet. And even that has to be qualified because it also says El Kol Zikne Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to Klal Yisrael. Pasuk Yud. Vayitzav Moshe Osam. And Moshe commanded them, uh, presumably, who is the them? The them is the Kahanim and Levi and the Kol Zikne Yisrael, who, of course, all together, these, these are the representatives of the whole nation. Moshe commanded them the following mitzvah. Niketz Sheva Shanim, at the end of every seven years, the Moed Shnasa Shmita, in the Moed, in the time of Shnasa Shmita, of the Shemitah year, the Chag HaSukais, on Chag HaSukais, you will do a certain mitzvah. Rashi explains that this means that after the seventh year is completed, the seventh year ends on Rosh Hashanah of the eighth year, and then this is saying on the next Chag HaSukais, just a few days later, just two weeks later, we have the following mitzvah to do. Yudalaf, the Vo Chol Yisrael Leiro'is, as Pnei Hashem Elokecha, when all of Yisrael comes to be seen in front of Hashem, your God, when all the Jews come to the Beis HaMikdash to, to be seen by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the place that he will choose, meaning in the Beis HaMikdash, Tikra Esatora Hazos Neged Kol Yisrael Bo'oznehem. Tikra, you will read, you singular will read, Esatora Hazos, this Torah, Neged Kol Yisrael, in front of all Yisrael, Bo'oznehem, in their ears. Rashi says here, Tikra Esatora Hazos, Amelech Hoya Korei, the king, would read. Rashi is trying to explain what is the meaning of Tikra, you will read. Who is the you? Who, who is being addressed over here? So Rashi says, Amelech Hoya Korei, the king of Kla Yisrael, would read, Mitchilas Eila Hadvarim, from the beginning of the Sefer, Eila Hadvarim, as it says in Mesechta Saita. In Mesechta Saita, the Mishnah says that he read from the beginning of Sefer Dvarim and then he read certain selections from the rest of Sefer Dvarim. He didn't read the entire Sefer Dvarim. He certainly did not read the entire Torah, but he read certain very important selections from Sefer Dvarim. And the king would stand on a platform of wood that they would make in the Azara, they would, they would make in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, 
the Gemara comes to the conclusion that this was the Ezra's Noshim. This was actually the largest, I believe it's the largest chamber of the Beis HaMikdash. And the Pasuk continues, HaKel Esa'am, gather the people for this mitzvah. The men, the women, and the little children. And the convert who was in your gates. Laman Yishma'u, in order that they should hear, Laman Yilmadu, and in order that they should learn, Viyaru Es Hashem Elokeichem, and they will fear Hashem your God. Vishamru Laasais Es Kol Divrei Hatera Hazos, and then they will be careful to do all of the words of this Torah. One more pasuk, Uvenei Hamasher Lo Yadu, and their children who don't know. The, the children who can't even just need even listening, it doesn't uh, convey any information to them at all. But Yishma'u Vilamdu. They will hear and they will learn to fear Hashem their God. For all the days that you are living on the land, that you are crossing over the Jordan River to inherit. There are a number of important halachic points regarding the Nashim, the Anashim, Anashim Vataf. That is not our subject for this year. What would I like to focus on? What I would like to focus on is Pasik Yudalaf. The Rashi and Pasik Yudalaf. Let's review the Pasik and the Rashi. When all Yisrael comes to be seen in front of Hashem your God, in the place that he will choose, you will read. Tikra means you, singular, will read. This Torah, in front of all of Yisrael, into their ears. Now, of course, as we said, Rashi naturally wants to understand Tikra, you will read, who's the you? The previous Pasuk was not talking about just one person. The previous two Psukim, Tes and Yud, were talking about a, a fairly large group of people. It was talking to the Kahanim B'nai Levi and Kol Zikne Yisrael. He gave the Torah to them, gave the Sefer Torah to them, and he began to command them this mitzvah. So who is, who is the subject of this verb, tikroi, you will read. So Rashi says, the king would read. This parsha of Hakel, whichever exact psukim it is, that's discussed in the Gemara, but who read it? It was the king. Now the obvious question on this Rashi is, who's talking about the king? As the Gemara as the Gemara would phrase it, the Gemara does not actually raise this question, but if we would use Gemara language to phrase this question, we could say, Melech man the king, who mentioned his name? Who was talking about the king? How did the king get in over here? So the Maskil, the David, and some other Mepharshim say that the word Tikra is referring back to Yahushua. Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking to Yeshua at the beginning of this little section. 
He told Yeshua, Chazak v'yamatz, be strong, be courageous. You're the one who's going to bring Klal Yisrael across the Yarden. And so now, when it says Tikra, as the Torah hazos, it means you, Yeshua. You should read the Torah. Now, Yeshua had the role of Melech. He was the Melech of Klal Yisrael, or equivalent to the Melech of Klal Yisrael. So since Moshe Rabbeinu told Yeshua to do this mitzvah, so from generation to generation, in every generation, there was someone who stood in the place of Yeshua, someone who was the king. And so Rashi says, HaMelech HaYukoreh, it is the Melech that read this parsha. There are a couple of points though, that one, a couple of questions that need to be raised on this approach. First of all, it's a little bit difficult to say that Tikra is referring to Yeshua, because between this word Tikra and the last mention of Yeshua, there's a hepsic, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a separation. Sukim, Zion, and Ches, Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to Yeshua. But Psukim Tes and Yud, Moshe Rabbeinu was not talking to Yeshua. He was talking to the Kohanim and the elders of Yisrael. So it's a little, a little sticky, a little not so smooth to say that now Tikra, without warning, it's going back and it's referring again to Yeshua because he's the Melech. And secondly, there is a question that is raised in the Sefer Minchas Chinuch in Mitzvah Tov Reish Yud Base, which is where he discusses this mitzvah. He says, if the mitzvah is upon the Melech, if that's who's obligated, Min HaTorah, to read this parsha, so are you telling us, are you telling me that when Klal Yisrael first entered Eretz Yisrael, they had Yeshua, he read the parsha. What happened after Yeshua passed away? They didn't have a Melech for a few hundred years yet, not until Shaul HaMelech. So are you telling me that they didn't do the mitzvah all those hundreds of years? And, and, uh, and when Kalal Yisrael first returned from, from Golis Babel after the 70 years, they also didn't have a king right away. So are you telling me that during those years they didn't do this mitzvah? Not until the Malchei Hashmonai appeared on the scene. This is a question raised by the, the Minchas Chinuch. In order to answer this question, I think we have to take a slightly different approach. Not totally different than the Maskele David, but a little bit different. Uh, there is a, a commentary on Chumash written by Rav David Svi Haufman. Rav David Svi Haufman lived from 1843 to 1921. He was the Rosh Hashiva of the, um, I, I believe it was called the Beis Midrash the Rabbanim in Berlin. Um, he was a great Hosek. Um, he wrote Shilas and Shuvas, which were printed under the name of Malamed the Hoyle. These uh, Shuvas these are still commonly used and quoted. He also engaged in what he liked to call Chakira. He was um, attracted to a very popular movement at the time, which they called in German, das Wissenschaft, Wissenschaft das Judentum. Pardon my 
my beautiful German pronunciation, but it was known as the science of Judaism, where there were scholars, some Yerushimayim and some not so Yerushimayim, but there were scholars who were studying the history of Judaism and using historical methods to study, to study the texts of the Torah. Rav David Zvi Hoffman, in addition to his uh, strictly halachic uh, investigations as a posek and as a as a teacher in in a base midrash l'rabbanim, he also he says himself that he liked to spend some time involved in this kind of chakira. He called it. For example, he wrote a, a fairly well-known book about the Talmudic sage Shmuel, in which he put together all of the different things that Shmuel said, and he gathered as much biographical information as it is possible to glean from the various sugis in the Gemara. And he, he created a biography of Shmuel. Rav David C. Hoffman in his commentary here explains as follows. I'll read just a few words. He says, din Torah, the root of the law in the Torah, the, the, the real law of the Torah is regarding this mitzvah, Mitzvah Sakriya Mutelis Almanhig Ha'am. The mitzvah of reading this parsha of Hakel is placed upon the Manhig Ha'am, on the person who is the leader of the people. Yehi Melech Okayangodl. Whether he happens to be a Melech or whether sometimes he happens to be the Koyangodl. He says, Lefizeh, according to this, Tevas Tikra, this word in the Pasik, Tikra. Mufnes el kol Yisrael. It is referring to all of Kla Yisrael. Who is the you will read? You meaning you, Kla Yisrael. Why is it Belash and Yachid? Because we are one unit. We are one entity. Kla Yisrael. Am Yisrael. Vehem mekaimim es mitzvah. The Kla Yisrael performs this mitzvah of reading the parsha of Hakel. Al yedei hagadol shabahem through the agency of whoever is the greatest and most exalted leader among them, at whichever time. Usually when there's a melech, so it's the melech. He's, uh, as we'll see in a moment, sometimes, the, uh, sometimes there's no melech or no uh, qualified melech, so then it could be the kayan gadol. If you look in the, in the commentary of the Nitziv, Rabbi Naftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, the, the, the great Rosh Hashiva of Volazhin, he also says very similarly to this explanation. Based on this point, Rav David Tzvi Hoffman uh, answers a contradiction. It's a contradiction between a Mishnah and Mesech Saita and a historical report of Matis ben Yosef. Matis ben Yosef, uh, sometimes better known as Josephus, was a Jew who lived approximately at the time of the Korban based Bayasheni and a number of years afterwards. And he wrote his account of the various conflicts and wars and events of the time. And in general, he's considered to be a reliable reporter. There are certain points where, where scholars uh, wonder about his reliability, but generally speaking, uh, we, can, we can accept is certainly the, the facts that he reports for us. Now, Rodovitz Hoffman points out a contradiction. 
The Mishnah in Mesechta Saita, that's Perak Ches, Mishnah Zion, tells us a little story about a king named Agrippus, a Jewish king, the king of Chal Yisrael, whose name was Agrippus, who certainly lived in the times of the second Beis HaMikdash. And it tells us about, he one time was reading the Parsha of Hakel for the people. He was doing this mitzvah that we're talking about here. And uh, there were certain events. Uh, there was a question about his yichos, and the Chachamim told him not to worry about it. Whatever the story is, but you see clearly, it is reported in the Mishnah Mesech Saita that in fact, this, Mishnah, this mitzvah was performed by the Melech. However, Josephus reports that it was done by the Kayin Gobel. Now, if you like, we could simply dismiss Josephus. We could say he's not reliable. We, we are Maminim B'nei Maminim. We follow the Mishnah. But Rav David Hoffman says he thinks he can answer this contradiction without saying that either version is incorrect. He says, based on my, based on his explanation of the Pesach, Tikra means Klal Yisrael. You should read the Torah on Hakel. Through whose agency? Who's going to be the Balkoire? The obligation is ours. But who's going to be the Balkoire for us? It will be your leader. Whoever is your highest ranking leader. Normally, it would be the king. Sometimes the king was not such a good guy. But David Svi Hoffman says that in the days of uh, the, the days near the Korban Beis Amiklish, the kings were not such tzaddikim. Sometimes they didn't want to do this mitzvah. Sometimes they weren't around to do the mitzvah. And therefore, Josephus probably one time went to the Beis Amiklish and he saw the Kayan Gadol doing this mitzvah. It's not a contradiction. The mitzvah is that it should be done by the leader of the Kala Yisrael, whether it is the Melech or whether it is a Kayan Gadol. And he doesn't say this explicitly, but probably he means, or whether it is during the days of the Shoftim, uh, Shimshon and, 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 and uh, all the different Shoftim, Ehud ben Gera, and they didn't necessarily have a halacha of a king, but they were the highest ranking uh, leader in their times. And so perhaps they read the, the Parsha of Hakel. So with this, we can answer that contradiction. Based on all of this, I think we can answer our question. This word tikra, if we say that it is referring to Klal Yisrael, the transition from Pasuk Tes and Yud to the Pasuk, to Pasuk Yud Aleph is much smoother now. If you say that tikra means the Melech, that's exactly who it's referring to. It's referring to Yeshua in his role as Melech. That's how the Maskele the David explains it. According to that, there's sort of a very jarring change from Pasuk Tes and Yud to Pasuk Yud Aleph. If the, to give a musical analogy, this is like changing the key of a composition in the middle, which is sometimes done for a certain effect, but it has a certain jarring effect on the ear. But according to Rav David Hoffman, according to the Nitziv, that the word Tikra is referring to you, Klal Yisrael, Velashen Yachid, in a singular verb, well, that's essentially who was being addressed in Pasuk Tes in Pasuk Yud. In Pasuk Tes in Pasuk Yud, Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to, to the Klal Yisrael. He gave it to our leaders. He gave it to the Kahanim and Levi. He gave it to Kol Zikne Yisrael. 
And when he said, He commanded them. Who is he commanding? He's commanding all of us. And so when he says, You will read. That's not a change of key. That's not a change of subject. It's essentially the, the, the subject of the verb is the same that it was in the two previous psukim. There's a smoother transition between the psukim. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.